0: You can open your Bibles to Galatians chapter number one, Galatians chapter number one and uh, Cornerstone, one of my favorite songs that we sing and I hope it was a blessing to your heart and uh, I love our music that prepares us for the next part of worship. You know, sometimes people think preaching is just what we do to kind of kill the time here in our service, Uh, but preaching is actually an act of worship. Uh, as we listen to the Word of God, we are worshiping God. We're thinking about the character of God. And uh, and then as we make our decisions upon what we've heard from God's Word, then we allow the Word of God to mold us and change us. And that's also worship, allowing God to do His will in our life. It's a, it's a way in which we worship God. And so uh, it's just um, something that's really, really important. And the music helps us to get our hearts prepared to do that. So um, I hope you, you enjoy and, and take the time that we're singing to, to focus on the words, but then also uh, to get your heart ready to, to continue worshiping. Galatians chapter number one, we're starting a brand new series today uh, in the book of Galatians. In fact, we're going we're gonna to study the whole book from start to finish verse by verse, and, uh, and we're going to learn some truths that God has for us Uh, as he used the Apostle Paul to write this book of Galatians. Now, let me just say as a matter of introduction that one of the greatest realities of the Christian life is the fact that we are free. Having the freedom that we have is one of the greatest realities of the Christian life. We're free from sin. We're free from bondage. We're free from the flesh. uh, We're free from this world. Yet... Living in freedom doesn't mean that there's no trials, no pain, no hurt, no difficulties, that life isn't hard as a Christian. In fact, uh, Paul would would tell one of uh, those that came after him, all that live godly will suffer persecution. I believe it was Timothy that he told that to All that will live godly will suffer persecution. So though we have this freedom that's a great reality in the Christian life, there's also a side of the Christian life that freedom comes in spite of difficulties and hardships. In spite of all that, we still have the greatest freedom there is when you have the Christian life in you. And so uh, here in Galatians, really the theme of this book is freedom. If you could give it just one word. Now, there's a lot of things that we're going to be learning and talking about in this letter. It's not a very long letter. It's six chapters. It's not a ton of verses. But in this small letter, Paul writes to the churches in Galatia. He's going to share this great reality of having freedom. And mainly he's writing this because uh, the churches in Galatia had been lied to. Now, you can read about how they got established in the book of Acts, and in Acts chapter 11, chapter 13, the apostle Paul goes to these different uh, cities, Iconium and Lystra and Derbe. They're all part of this area called Galatia, and Paul is writing now to these churches. This is probably, most commentators believe, around 15 years after he's been there. He preached the gospel. He planted churches like the ones that we are enjoying today, uh, this morning. Uh, just a service like this where they had services, they came together. Paul preached the gospel. There were people saved in each one of these cities, and they were having churches. Well, every time that the Apostle Paul would plant a church, he'd make sure that people were saved, that they would the church was growing, and then he would leave someone there to look after that church, to continue pastoring the church, and then he'd go to another city and plant another church in another city. So he did this in this area of Galatia, and like I said, Iconia, and, uh, and in Lystra, and Derby, and, and a few other cities of Galatia. And then as he moved on to other areas of the world, uh, he would occasionally get news about how the churches were doing. He wanted to do it. In fact, he took three different missionary trips visiting different churches that he had planted. Well, about 15 years after these churches that he had planted, he began to hear news that these false teachers had come in to the churches of Galatia and began to lie about the apostle Paul. They began to tell lies about the authority which he was preaching, right? That what he was preaching wasn't the whole truth. It wasn't the whole gospel. There's more to it. And uh, and these false teachers that uh, today we know as Judaizers, uh, they were Jewish uh, people that uh, they, they could accept some things of Christianity, but not the whole gospel. Uh, they, they could accept, okay, well, maybe Jesus was a good rabbi, and maybe he did know the scriptures, but, but that, 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 that gospel, right, that Paul is preaching, it's not the whole gospel, right? He, he's leaving some things out, right? If you really want God's favor in your life, if you really want true salvation, uh, you not only have to believe by faith, but then you have to do some things in your life. And if you do these things in your life, then really God will love you. Then you'll have God's favor. Then you can have a life that pleases God. So now Paul is writing to these churches to try to correct that. Paul is writing to these churches in Galatia saying, no, what I gave you is the whole gospel. And in fact, what these false teachers are trying to do is they're trying to lead you into bondage again. And really, the Christian life is all about freedom. It's all about liberty. It's not about keeping you in bondage to rules and regulations. It's not that at all. It's something greater than that. So through these next six chapters and through the next few weeks, we're going to be learning about what Paul is teaching them on the freedom of the Christian life. But we're going to study just this morning the first five verses because in the first five verses, what I love, the Apostle Paul gets like right to it. All right, he was—he was not messing around. They, uh, most uh, scholars believe that this was the first letter that he ever wrote. All right, um, the other—the other letters that he wrote have become books of the Bible, like First and Second Corinthians and the Book of Philippians and Ephesians. Those are all letters that he wrote, just like the Book of Galatians. But this is probably the first of those letters, and—and uh, and the Apostle Paul uh, begins the letter by kind of uh, answering some of that criticism that he has been receiving answering some of the lies that they've heard about him. And um, I don't know about you, but have you ever been lied about? Have you ever been criticized unfairly? Has anybody ever said that you said something that you really didn't even say? Right? What do you do when that happens? I mean, here's the Apostle Paul. He planted these churches. He brought the gospel to people who had never heard the gospel before. And now, 15 years later, these very same people are talking bad about him. The very same people are saying, well, maybe maybe he isn't. Maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about. Maybe he didn't give us all the gospel. And how do you respond when that happens in your life? Well, I want you to notice how the Apostle Paul responded. In the first five verses, he kind of answers some of those criticisms. And I think there's some principles there that we can apply into our life as to what to do when people unfairly criticize us or when someone unfairly lies or says things that you really never said. They just take it out of context to make it seem to be whatever they want it to be. And How do you answer someone like that that's doing that? What, what do you do in that situation? Well, I want you to notice what it says in Galatians chapter 1 as we start our study. It says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So right there in the first five verses, we see the Apostle Paul responding. Now, at first, it might not stick out to you because our society and our world has changed from the the day and age in which Paul was writing but as you study this and we're going we're going to point this out I want I want you to know the three responses that he gives about what is being said about him all right three responses so if you have your notes I want you to notice first of all the first response that he gives and it's his mission and commission that he talks about he says Paul an apostle now let me tell you one of the things that they were telling the false teachers were saying about Paul was he's not an apostle Now, there are two requisites for being an apostle, to be recognized as an apostle. In the book of Acts chapter 1, and we won't go to it for the sake of time, but in the book of Acts chapter 1, you find what those two requirements are. Number one is you have to be a disciple of Jesus, all right? Now, though the New Testament, the gospels like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John really focus on 12 of Jesus' disciples... There's actually a lot of disciples of Jesus, okay? Um, They weren't the only disciples of Jesus, but they were followers of Jesus, all right? So an apostle was a follower of Jesus, but also to be an apostle, you had had to have seen the resurrected Christ, all right? You had to have seen the resurrected Christ. Now, at one point in the letter of Corinthians, Paul said 500 people saw the resurrected Christ at one point, right? So uh, you have these apostles were people that, knew Christ, followers of Christ, and that had seen him resurrected. All right. Uh, Now, that's what they were saying about Paul. They were saying, Paul. Now, Paul was probably a little bit uh, depending. uh, We don't know exactly how old Paul was uh, when he got saved. Paul was probably around uh, the the disciples age, maybe around Peter's age. So he might have been in his maybe late 20s, early 30s when he got saved. Okay, so he's still a fairly young man. And um, and here's what they're saying about the Apostle Paul, right? They're saying, Paul, you can't be an apostle. You weren't even a follower of Jesus. You were persecuting the church. So these false teachers are telling the churches in Galatia, you're listening to a guy that used to just, you know, kill people for being Christian, okay? He wasn't even a follower of Jesus. Furthermore, I mean... He says he had a vision that Jesus came to him and saw him when he was on the road to Damascus. I mean, everyone has visions. So now they're lying about his testimony. They're attacking him, and they're saying he's not an apostle. (laughs) So what does Paul say when he writes the letter? He says, Paul, an apostle. And notice what he says. He says in parentheses, it might be in parentheses in your Bible. It is in mine. It says, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. He said, I am an apostle, not because I was with Peter and James and John uh, before Jesus was crucified, not because I went to the tomb and saw an empty tomb. He said, no, I'm an apostle because I saw Jesus on the road of Damascus. And he told me, he said, I'm going to make you an apostle and a missionary to the Gentile world. So listen, it doesn't matter if these false teachers that are saying this about my apostleship, they weren't there. They don't know. You know because I'm telling you. You know my character. You know my life. And I'm telling you, I'm an apostle not because Peter says I'm an apostle, not because John says I'm an apostle, not because James, the brother of Jesus, says I'm an apostle. I'm an apostle because Jesus told me to be. So right off the bat, he gives his mission and commission of what he is. He is an apostle. Notice his calling was by God. He said, I I didn't get this calling of myself. I didn't get it by an institution or another church. I received the mission that I have and the commission that I'm carrying out from Jesus Christ himself. See, Paul's confidence for spreading the gospel and planting churches came from a deeper place than the authority of the people around him. Now, there's nothing wrong with the authority of the people around us. Uh, don't, Don't misinterpret me, but I'm saying that these false teachers were were talking about Paul saying he's not an apostle, telling these people at Galatia he's not someone that you can follow because he's not one of the disciples and one that saw Jesus afterwards. And he's saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me tell you something. First of all, churches, I became an apostle by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. That's who gave me my apostleship. This is why I'm doing what I am doing. In fact, you can see that, uh, that occasion, that experience in his life in Acts chapter 26. But before we read that, let me also say the word apostle, it literally means one who is a messenger. That's what the literal interpretation or translation would be, one who is a messenger. So Paul, he says, if you're writing this, Paul, a messenger of God, right? an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. He says, my calling was from God. And in Acts chapter 26, he shares that. You can look in your notes there, verse number 16. He says, this is Jesus talking to Paul. He says, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles and whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Notice what he says. Whereupon, he's given his testimony to King Agrippa. He says, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. So he told uh, King Agrippa, listen, I'm on a mission and I've been commissioned to carry out this mission. By Jesus. He writes to the churches at Galatia. Galatia, it's me, Paul, an apostle. One who had been given the, the, the mission to be a messenger and commissioned to go and turn the Gentiles from the power of Satan unto God. That's me. That's, that's, that who, is, that's who is writing to you. Now, I say all of that, on the practical side, it's this. When we are attacked, we're lied about, we're slandered against, what you need to remember in those moments is who it was that called you in the first place, okay? If you understand that today you are a messenger, now you're not an apostle. Those apostles died in the first century because we have not seen with our eyes the resurrected Christ. We will one day, We are disciples of Christ. We're not apostles of Christ. Any religion that says they have apostles, they're lying, okay? They don't meet the requirements, all right? So uh, today, as disciples of Jesus, though, we are sometimes attacked. We are sometimes lied about. What do you do when that happens? The first thing is, remember what your mission and your commission is. It was God who saved you, not the people talking about you. So don't worry about them. Focus on the one who called you. And then focus on the mission that he has sent you on. Paul said, listen, I came to Galatia not because of these false teachers. He's, they, they were from Jerusalem. He said, I, I didn't come here because people from Jerusalem told me to come and give you the gospel. God sent me to you guys. And now listen, when you're being attacked, when you're being lied about, when you're being ridiculed, just remember, listen, I'm not living this way because somebody told me to live this way. No, I'm living this way because that's what God t- taught me. That's what his word says. That's my mission in life. To please and honor and glorify God. That's the commission He's given me is to take the gospel to others. And so when that's happening in your life, Paul says just a really practical thing that we see from Galatians chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Is Paul saying, first of all, remember your mission and the commission that you've been given. Then notice also, he says, that he's not alone. Paul writes in verse number two, and all the brethren that are with me, and all the brethren which are with me under the churches of Galatia. You see, Paul was not alone in his work. Though he was being attacked and he was being singled out as the teacher because he was the leader, he was not left alone to fight. You know, there were many that were behind him and helping him and ministering in Galatia. He wasn't the only one, he had a team working with him. And many who followed his leadership and and were helping him were on this great mission with him, fulfilling the great commission that they had received of Christ. Now, I say that to say this. Sometimes, when you're being ridiculed and being lied about, it can feel like you're the only one ever being attacked. Like no one else, you know, they never talk about anybody else, only about me. And let me just remind you of something you're not alone. You're not the only one that's out there trying to please God with your life. Thank God that there are others with you. You're never as alone as you think. Something that the devil does in our minds is try to make us feel that way. If you go to the Old Testament, there was a prophet by the name of Elijah who almost took his life because of it. He almost committed suicide. I'm the only one that's not bowed the knee. And God said, no, you're not. I have at least 6,000 more that haven't. You know, you, you, when you're alone like that, though, when you're, that, that's just how you feel. And something we can learn and take with us this morning is that you're not. Uh, one of the, 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 the greatest stories there is in Acts chapter 16 of the adventures of Paul, like I like to call him, as he's doing on his missionary trips. You see in Acts chapter 16, he's put in jail with one guy that's with him, Silas. Silas, this is in his second missionary journey, so he's going with Paul, uh, visiting different churches, planting new churches, and and, and doing God's will, fulfilling their mission and their commission by God. And for doing all that, you know what the reward is? Prison. And notice what they're doing in prison. Acts 16, 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. (laughs) They're having service in prison. They're worshiping through singing. They're worshiping through praying. They're just having a service there. Not alone. Not alone. Say, Pastor, what do, you, what do you do? I there's these people here at church. They're just they're talking bad about me. I'd say, what's your mission in life? Well, it's to please God. Is it to please so and so who's talking about me? Well, no. Then don't worry about it. Paul said, look, I'm writing to you guys just to remind you of something, my mission and the commission that I have by God. That's what we ought to do in our life. Someone's talking about you, that's okay. There is one who knows the truth about what they say, one for whose life I'm living That's my whole purpose and my whole mission in life. That's all that matters to me. If God says that, then I need to change. But if it's somebody else, I'm not changing. first principle we see, the Apostle Paul following, is this of his mission and commission. But then notice when you get to verse 3, he says, not only is my mission, my commission this, but then he gives his message. His second response is an amazing response. Paul wants from the outset to remind the Galatians of just exactly what his message was and continues to be because not only were they lying about Paul and his character, oh, he shouldn't be an apostle, now they were also lying about his teaching. Say, yeah, he's not giving you the whole gospel. There's more to it. And Paul's saying, let me tell you exactly what the gospel is. Let me tell you what my message is. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of uh, of God our Father. Let me tell you something. He says, my message is a message of grace. It's a message of grace. He says, "I, I... I want you to know my message is that there be grace to all you churches that are in Galatia. His message was always focused on grace. The word grace means to have loving kindness and favor given to you. The message of the mission that he was on was the grace of God to all men. The unmerited favor of God reaching in the lives of undeserving people and transforming them into new creatures. That's the message. Paul says it's a simple message. It's not that complicated. Jesus died for your sins. He didn't have to. But God is merciful. The word grace, uh, uh, it's the, the Greek word charis. Sometimes we get the word charity from that. Love. He said, the message I'm giving you is that God loves you so much. God wants to do in you what only God can do. God favors you. That's the message of grace. Paul said, that's the message I gave you and the message I'm still continuing to give. This message of grace, it's about when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, when he gave his life that we might have everlasting life. His grace is amazing, it's marvelous, it's indescribable, and it's the message of his mission. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 20, he said, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. In other words, we have laws to show us how bad we are, not how good we are. But then he says, but where sin abounded, where how bad we were was getting bigger and bigger, grace did much more abound. God's favor for you was that much greater. It's greater than your worst sin. Paul said, that's my message. What do you do when people are lying about you? Well, one, you've got to remember what your mission is and what you've been commissioned to do. Number two, what's your message? Listen, Paul said, make your message about Jesus. I love that Paul didn't like, I know there wasn't like blogs at this point, but he didn't make this letter the purpose of, let me just let out all my frustrations with people. You Galatians are so ungrateful. If it weren't for me, you'd still be on your way to hell. He didn't say that. He didn't say, what are you guys talking about? You wouldn't even have a church if I didn't go up there. You're talking to these guys that come from Jerusalem. They've never spent time with you. They weren't crying with you. They weren't there helping you in your fight. I was. You guys are just ungrateful people. People might even say you're jerks, and really, you're acting like jerks. He didn't write that. Because his message wasn't to to. Let people see how great he was and and try to remind them of how much he's done for them. No, his message was what Jesus did for you. Listen, the only reason I was in Galatia was because of this message. What happens when they criticize me and they lie about me? Focus on the message of grace. Give that message, show that message. But notice not only it was a message of grace, but it's a message of peace. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father. Peace that is made between us and God through Jesus Christ. In fact, Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a peace that extends to us in this present evil world. That's why Paul said that. It's a message of grace and peace. Jesus gave us when He died on the cross so that we can live in this present evil world in peace. It's not a peace that means no more fighting, no more hardships. No, it's a peace that comes in knowing why you're here and what you're doing. I think one of the hardest lives to live was a life that the Apostle Paul had. If you want to know a little bit about it, you can read about it in in, in the book of Philippians but he was imprisoned many times, he was beaten three times, he was stoned to death once, shipwrecked many times. You say, where do you find peace in all that? What makes a man do that over and over and over again? I can tell you it's the message of peace. The message of peace. You know, we live in a Restless world, just full of evil. People don't know what they're looking for nor why they don't fulfill when trying everything. People are looking for fulfillment in fame and money and drugs and in alcohol. And the more they try, the less fulfilled they feel. We live in a world that desires peace but doesn't know where to find it. Live in a world that when one area of the world finds peace, it's like another area starts their war. Yet you can go to every language and culture that's on Facebook and they're all posting, we just need peace, we need peace, but they don't know nothing about it. That's why we we exist today. That's why I'm up here on this platform, that's why you're here in these seats. That's why God has given us life and putting you in the job that you have and in the neighborhood in which you live to give a message of peace. So what do you do when people are lying about you? Focus on the message of grace and the message of peace. Paul's writing to these churches in Galatia. People that he loved, people that he worked with, people that he knew very closely. Now they're lying about him. Now they're doubting him. And he's not trying to defend himself. He said, I'm on a mission. I've been commissioned by God. I want to remind you guys of that. You knew it when I was there in Galatia, and I'm reminding you of that fact. And he said, and I preached the message to you, the whole gospel. It's a message of grace and a message of peace. I gave you that. And then notice in verse number five, and will be done, that he says, to whom be glory forever and ever, amen. We see his motivation. His third response was to give them his motivation to carry out his miss- mission and to share his message. See, the reason he's writing this letter and reaching out to them, it's for the glory of God. It's not because, man, I got to change my reputation, I got to make sure that they think I'm I'm all that and more. No. No. It was simply this, man. I have a mission. I've been commissioned by God. Here's a message I gave you, and let me tell you something. My motivation to reach out to you is that you could glorify God with me. I mean, I think about the Apostle Paul. He's human just like me and you. I wonder if the thought ever came to him. All right. See ya. Forget those people. I can tell you that would have been my temptation. (laughs) Forget those people. Work with them, I help them, I pray with them, I give with them. Eh? That's how they respond? Okay, fine. But you know, that would have been a really selfish motivation of Paul. But Paul says, that's not why I'm writing to you guys. It's not for self-justification, it's for God's honor. You see the word glory here in the Greek is the word doxa, and it can be translated as honor sometimes. And the motivation for Paul to write this letter is that the Galatians would live for God's glory in honoring what God says to do and be. He's not thinking about his reputation or legacy. He's rather thinking, hey, your work there in Galatia, your church, what I'm concerned about, is that you honor God as a church that you glorify God as a church you know our motive, our motivation ought to be the same sometimes when we are attacked the way the apostle paul was being attacked by those in galatia sometimes our response is all about us and it shouldn't be it ought to be about god's glory We ought to be motivated to see, man, I want to see God do something in that family. I want to see, listen, if there's anything our world needs, it's more families that are glorifying and honoring God. Because if there's anything that's being attacked today, it's the family. You don't believe me, turn on Disney. I mean, they are literally fighting to teach kindergartners about their sexual identity. What is that? I mean, it's, it's freedom of speech. No, it isn't. No, it's not. It's a, a promotion for immorality. It's to advance an idea uh, that is an abomination to our creator. That's what it is. And if we're just motivated about what pleases us and it's all about us then you're going to miss the greatest motivation that ought to be in your life and that is the glory of God. That is honoring God. To see others honor God. Paul wrote to Timothy something similar in 1 Timothy 1:17. 1, Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Motivation for Paul was God's honor, but also God's praise. Because you see that word doxa can also be translated as praise. And I believe that Paul meant for both in this context. Paul, I believe, wanted the praise of his ministry to be for God completely. His motivation wasn't that others would praise him, that others would praise his bravery or his endurance or his theological genius. No. He just wanted others to praise God. He wanted others to have that mission and that message in their life. He wanted the churches in Galatia to understand Listen, the, 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 whole, the whole reason we're there, the whole reason I'm sharing what I'm sharing, the whole reason about freedom in the Christian life is so that we can honor and praise our God. You know, we must ask ourselves, when we fulfill our mission and give the message of grace and peace, what is our motivation for doing it? What is it that we want to happen in Ephesians 1, 6, Paul writes, to the, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us and accepted in the Beloved. In verse 12, he continues, that we might be in the praise of Christ. Paul was motivated much by himself praising God and others praising God. Hmm. We're just starting this book, this letter of Galatia. Galatians, I should say, written because people were trying to make others stay in bondage, written because Paul was being attacked personally, being attacked in his ministry. And What's the first thing that Paul addresses in his letter? He says this. He says, you know, I know they're saying this, but here's what I'm focusing on. My mission, Paul, an apostle. I was given a A mission by God to go to the Gentile world. I was commissioned for Him to for me to go. And I wasn't disobedient to that. And He says, And I came to give you the message of grace and of peace. And I'm motivated by God's glory. I want to challenge us this morning. Keep in mind your mission and your message and your motivation. As you face different challenges of life this week, as you might be attacked unfairly at work or in your family or on social media, don't get so focused on just trying to make yourself look good. Get your eyes off of you. The more you do that, the uh, listen, if you, if you keep your eyes on you, you'll never be happy. Happy is not found in keeping your eyes on you and making life all about you. In fact, it's the opposite. Uh, so this, this week, I just want to encourage you. Remember your mission and commission. Remember the message that you have. It's a message of grace and of peace. And may our motivation be the right motivation. Motivation to see others praise God and honor God in their life. That's how you respond. In case you're wondering. How did the Apostle Paul respond? Like that. How should I respond? Same way. So I want to encourage you this week. Put that into practice. Next week, we're going to learn about more, verse number 6 to verse number 10, on confronting some of these things. But for this week, let's just meditate on those three truths, our mission and commission, our message and our motivation. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this letter to the Galatians. Father, we can see the inspired divine hand behind it. Father, we can see a a wonderful and godly response to being unfairly criticized and lied about and attacked. We can see how the Apostle Paul uses the truth of your word and the truth that you have given him to, to really deal with what was going on there in Galatia. Father, though many years have passed since this letter was written in our time now, yet we find that situation to be the same. We can find ourselves being attacked and ridiculed for various reasons. And Father, I pray that when those things happen, we might respond in the right way. We might not dwell so much on the criticisms and the lies, but... Dwell on our mission that was given to us by you and you alone. Help us to share the message and not be discouraged by that. And help us to be motivated, Father, to see others honor and glorify you, others praising you and coming to you. Oh, how wonderful that would be, Father. It's not an easy response to live, but We can do it because we're free through you. You've given us the freedom to respond the right way. So help us to use our freedom that way. Be with us, I pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen.